0: Hey, what's up, and thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. This episode is a 10-minute overview of Christian apologetics, where I focus in on the flood that occurred in Noah's day. There will be multiple episodes on this subject. This is the first of these, where I will look with you at some of the facts and the timeline of the flood. We'll look at it from the pre-flood perspective, And we'll look at it from the details, some of the basic details of what happened during the flood, and then briefly from the perspective of post-flood, a couple things about what happened after the flood. And then I'll expand upon these probably, at least uh, in in some detail, in other episodes to come, in the 10-minute overview episodes to come. Pre-flood, first, it's good and important to keep in mind that the flood occurred— because the sin of mankind was so great, Genesis 6, 5 through 7, and Genesis six eleven through 13. Mankind was condemned because of sin, <clears throat> and God clearly told mankind that through Noah. Two, one man, Noah, was allowed to build an ark in which a remnant of the people and animals ultimately would be saved, in preparation for the coming flood, Genesis six eight, Genesis six fourteen through twenty one, Genesis seven two through four, and Genesis seven six through ten. Third, another pre flood fact is that Noah, by faith, obeyed, and he was saved because he obeyed God, and God shed His grace upon him. He found favor. In the eyes of the Lord, Genesis six twenty two, Genesis six eight, Genesis seven five, Hebrews eleven seven. These are three of the most fundamental pre flood pre flood facts that we need to keep in mind about that time. That the world had become so full of sin, God was saddened. He was sorry that He made mankind. That. That means that the world, in my opinion, was worse than it is now. Now I know that gets into opinion, but it seems that that would mean that the world was even worse than it is now because God has not sent His Son to end the world yet, but instead He continues to prolong or prevent His coming for now. But the world was so sinful then that God decided to destroy it, all mankind in it, except for a remnant. And that shows God's grace, the necessity of faith, and um, obedience. And then also, it's, it's so key and important to keep in mind that these are things we know about the flood before the flood happened. The second main idea, some details about the flood itself. The flood, first of all, the flood began with the fountains of the great deep and the windows of heaven, opening up. Those terms, fountains of the great deep and the windows of heaven, the fountains of the great deep are likely references to geologic events like including geysers, volcanoes, etc., and to the condensing and the falling of the firmament of Genesis 1-7, the vapor canopy which surrounded the earth at that time prior to the flood, and the windows of heaven that would be like we say raining cats and dogs. Uh, one of my instructors, Curtis Cates, used to say, "Well, the days of the flood were raining dinosaurs and hippopotamuses. It wasn't merely cats and dogs raining, <laughs> but it rained for forty days and forty nights nonstop." Genesis seven eleven. 12 and 17 are the references to those things that i just men- mentioned genesis 7 11 12 and 17. second major fact of the flood the waters covered even the tallest of earth's mountains that's incredible genesis seven, eighteen through 20 but we may consider again later mount everest did not exist then that came about from the flood all the highest peaks as they are today were were built through the flood and the the shape the the shifting i should say of the land and the way the face of the earth changed but nonetheless no matter how high the highest hills were and i do not believe the highest hills then were mount you know saint helens and 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 mount kilimanjaro and 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 that these tallest mountains that we know today mount everest But however high they were, the highest then were covered, according to the Bible. Genesis 7, (coughs) 18-20. Third fact, all animals and humans, not in the ark, perished. Genesis 7, 21-23. For after 150 more days of the water remaining at the same height, Genesis 7-24, the waters began to subdue. Genesis 8, 1 through 3. And the ark came to rest upon the mountains of Ararat. Genesis 8, verse 4. And that's the place where Noah and the others waited in the boat until the earth was completely dry. Um, Genesis 8, 5 through 14. Before God commanded him to disembark to get off the ark. Genesis 8:15 through 19. So there there are about four facts about the flood that summarize the flood pretty well. Finally, post-flood details. With feet on dry land after the flood, it's amazing scripture records that Noah built an altar. He offered sacrifices to God and he was blessed by God. Genesis chapter 8 verse 20 through Genesis 9:11. <clears throat> and with a covenant, God blessed God bless Noah and mankind with a covenant, a promise sealed by the rainbow. Oh, the rainbow is so beautiful. And oh how Satan has tried to distort the beauty of it. By you, having it used in connection with the practice of LGBT, etc., the rainbow was created and belongs to Almighty God, Jehovah God of heaven and earth, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was a sign. That God would not flood the earth again. It's not a sign of pride for sin or behavior that's not natural that God did not ordain. It's a sign that God would never flood the earth again. What a beautiful thought. I love the beauty of the rainbow. Isn't it so fun if you have children or grandchildren to be riding on the road and to to locate a reminder of the flood? to locate a rainbow and say, look at that. Isn't that awesome? Let me encourage you to think about these pre-flood details, these flood details, and these post-flood details. These serve as a brief overview of that time period which forever changed mankind and the earth physically as we know it, even in, in a, from a geogra- geographical and a geological perspective. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a geologist. I'm not a geographer. But, but I want to encourage you to study science from a creationist, intelligent design worldview. Study the history, especially, of the earth and what happened after the flood because it will open your eyes to how true science and the bible go hand in hand <clears throat> and it shouldn't surprise a christian because all truth is god's truth science of course is is the study of things and it's where there are studies made observations and then and then statements of theory or fact are made you know, conclusions are made based on what has been observed. And so all truth is God's truth. And so true science is going to correspond <coughs> with the things recorded in, in the Bible. Because God's the God of all truth. And, and the, again, the events of the flood changed the earth forever. So in time to come, look forward to more 10-minute episodes of Christian overview of Christian apologetics. I'm probably going to have, I know at least one, probably more than that, more episodes after this about the flood and details of the flood, including um, evidences for the reality and the universality of the flood, and also uh, some information about creation and flood traditions and some words that are used in connection with the flood that I think will help you in your understanding of God's Word and your appreciation of God's Word. Thanks for listening to this 10-minute overview. If you got something out of it, feel free to share it with somebody else and may it bless them too. Thanks for listening. God bless and I'll catch you next time.